If you are not good at waking up early and your whole plan revolves around your getting up at 4 a.m. every day, then your plan is likely to fail. Oh, sure, it's possible for you if you are motivated for a while, but eventually, unless you change into a different person, your old habits of sleeping late will overtake your new habit of waking up early. Welcome to the Food for Thought Lunch Break with Steve Bookbinder podcast, the show that gives you things to think about when you're trying to make more sales without all the seriousness of conventional sales talks. Enjoy and learn as he makes fun of sales training, salespeople, and sales trainers, including himself, all while giving you battle-tested strategies that work. Now, here's your host, Steve Bookbinder. Hey, thanks for joining me on your break. I'm always looking for ways to get more sales easier. Turning your break into a coaching break is a great way for me to help you get more sales easier too. I've had a lot of jobs and a lot of bosses, a few great ones, but two that were complete a-holes. Maybe more than two, now that I think of it. Did you ever have one of those kind of bosses? What makes a boss, especially a sales manager or their boss, a complete a-hole? They make you do things they think you should be doing rather than the things you feel like doing. They're so mean, so forceful, so insistent, in other words, so good at being an a-hole boss, that you cave in and do it their way, grumbling all along the way, or you quit. Ten years ago, I launched my own company and became my own boss. And guess what? I still have a complete a-hole for a boss. It's not all bad. Luckily, I have another boss, too, my cheerleader. The two, good cop, bad cop, me into doing what they know I should be doing, alternating between directing me and encouraging me. It turns out a-hole bosses serve an important purpose. Without them... There's no one else in your life that will make you do what needs to be done regardless of what you feel like doing at that moment. And without the cheerleader boss too, you may quit before you get to your goals. That's why it's important to be your own coach and your own cheerleader and why we made it the focus for today's lunch break coaching session. Today, we'll break down what coaches are supposed to do and how no outside coach can help you until you develop your own inner coach. I'll give you tips for how to develop your inner coach. Then, I'll give you four action steps you can begin doing this week in order to develop your inner coach into the right kind of coach, all in about 15 minutes. How does that sound? As always, let's begin our discussion with today's question. Today's question is a question I'm asking you. What is your inner coach doing to help you improve? What is your inner coach currently doing to help you? Before you answer, let's be clear on what a coach does. In my sales management workshops, I like to begin by asking, what is the sales manager's role? I've come up with three roles, admin or administrative, strategic, and development. The admin part is when the manager gets their team to follow all of the business rules like 
putting the right data in their pipeline and forecast. Admin duties ensures the procedures are followed and every seller gets paid the right amount. Strategic is when the manager suggests the discount or value-add the salesperson can offer and add to their proposal. But the development part is about coaching. What is the goal of coaching? To get people to perform better than they would have if they didn't have a coach. Let me repeat that. The goal of coaching is to get people to perform better than they would have if they didn't have a coach. When time runs short for most people, they prioritize admin, strategic, and, if plenty of extra time, development. This is true of our outside coaches, like managers, and our own inner coach. We tend to deprioritize our own development while extra-prioritizing our admin. We'll more likely get admin tasks and weekly chores done, then we will take the time to write our own five-year plan. Without a coach, you may still get better every year as a salesperson and continually find new ways to adjust to rising goals and changing market conditions and competitive threats. Maybe. However, without a coach pointing out what you need to adjust, salespeople are unlikely to adjust at all. That's because, absent a real coach, the only other coach is habit. Habits are very persuasive. They feel right all the time. By comparison, other ways often feel wrong, especially at first. That's why we try something new once and quickly dismiss it if the first attempt is not clearly more successful. Of course, that would never happen if you had a real coach. That coach would immediately call you on it. They'd remind you it took you years to learn your current way of working. You can't expect to be as comfortable or as effective doing anything new for the first time. They would be as tough on you as needed to communicate that. And then the good coach might find a way to encourage you to give it another try. That's when your coach is also a cheerleader. The impact of outside coaching is weakened without you also being your own coach. So, let's go back to our question. What is your inner coach doing to help you improve? One more thing before you answer. The help you get from your inner coach depends on the type of coach your inner coach is. There are two kinds of sales coaches. The first and most common is the kind that walk around the office offering to help every salesperson do whatever that salesperson is doing at that moment. The other kind are the ones who coach by leading. Your inner coach may be that first kind, the office walker. Can I help you? Anyone need any help? The only way they can help is by helping you multitask through the many tasks you need to complete each day. That coach gives themselves jobs by taking stuff off of sellers' plates. You can hear them saying, how about I handle this while, while you go back to that? This kind of inner coach thinks the key to time management is multitasking. They think the key to helping sellers is to help them get more stuff done every day and help them work faster. But if you had the other coach, you'd get a lot more help. That coach is setting the direction. They're coming up with a sales plan and then optimizing it. And most important, making sure everyone executes against that plan. In other words, thinking of the plan and doing the plan. That sounds so simple when I say it that way, right? 
All you need to get to success is come up with the plan and then do the plan. Presto. Success, right? Of course not. Most plans fail, not because the plan failed, but the execution failed. The train comes off the track somewhere between getting it going and keeping it going. If you look back on your own life, plans you paused before starting, exercise or diet plans that disappeared, even friends we mean to reach out to but run out of time, you see how hard it is to actually get something going and keep it going long enough to achieve success. The bigger the sales plan, the harder it is. Executing against the plan is much harder than coming up with the plan. In the attempt to get everyone on the team to execute the plan, managers take on a spectrum of styles, from mentoring to micromanaging, all the way to a-hole. When your inner coach is beating you up for missing targets, they're not helping. Help comes in the form of re-strategizing the plan. No sense losing time and energy on how you got to this point. Coach yourself to think present, forward, onward, and upward. The inner coach has one huge advantage compared to the outside coach when it comes to executing against the plan. The outside coach has to guess what to say to motivate you while hoping not to accidentally do or say anything demotivating. Meanwhile... The inner coach has one huge advantage compared to the outside coach when it comes to executing. The outside coach has to guess what to say to motivate you while hoping not to accidentally do or say anything demotivating. I had a great swimming coach when I was in high school who was great at knowing exactly what to say and how to say it in a way that was personalized. Coach Marie, my high school swim coach, somehow knew that I hated for people to think that I was a quitter, a person who would quit easily. He used that bit of insight to personalize his coaching advice to me in a way that I will never forget. I was swimming a workout familiar to competitive swimmers called descending sets. In this case, we were doing 10 100-meter sprints. Each one had to be faster than the other. And we're in the water, and the coach is above us standing on the deck. And I remember swimming this particular workout uh, because I had really made a mistake mentally. The way you make every uh, sprint faster than the last for 10 in a row is that you, uh, in part, have to start slow enough so you can keep improving. And that's the part I screwed up. I went out too fast in the first one. And so by the second one, I was already tired. By the third one, I could hardly go faster than I went on the second one. And I was really tired on the fourth, surprisingly tired on the fifth. I almost had to quit on the sixth, but somehow I managed to just focus. And I don't know, I pulled energy out of the water, I think out of the other swimmers. Well, by the time I got to seven, I was really winded. By the eighth one, I was dying. My arms were falling off my body and it took every last bit of energy and effort to finally make that ninth one just ever so slightly faster than the eighth. But with that ninth one, complete i was done and i looked up at the coach i said coach i can't do the 10th one faster and without missing a beat he just looked at me and said yeah i didn't think so yeah 
I didn't think, wait a minute, wait a minute. I went from being tired and all I could think about was how my shoulders were falling off to, what do you mean you didn't think so? What about me made you think that I'd get to nine successfully, but on the 10th, what, I'd quit? I'd get, where did you get, I'd quit on this? I got so mad at him. I replaced my feelings of pain with my feelings of, I'll show him. And guess what? I got the 10th one faster than the ninth. He got me to do something that I wouldn't have done on my own. Meanwhile, you know yourself even better than Coach Marie knew me. What are you telling yourself to challenge yourself to go beyond what you're trending to do? You know what makes you tick, what makes you happy and defensive, what makes you give up, and what gets you up in the morning. You know your own strengths and your own weaknesses. Or do you? If an outside coach were assessing our strengths and weaknesses as salespeople, they'd be very honest and frank. We may not like what we hear. We may even challenge their findings. But are we as honest and frank with ourselves? Do you know your own failure points? It's not that I want you to walk around feeling guilty all the time because your inner coach found you fell short in some way. It's about recognizing and admitting what you're not strong in so you can instead build on your strengths and avoid building the cornerstone of your plan around your suddenly becoming very good at something you were currently not good at. For example, if you are not good at waking up early and your whole plan revolves around your getting up at 4 a.m. every day, then your plan is likely to fail. Oh, sure, it's possible for you if you are motivated for a while, but eventually... Unless you change into a different person, your old habits of sleeping late will overtake your new habit of waking up early. Even though another person who is not so troubled by getting up early could do the 4 a.m. plan as is, you, knowing your own weakness with regards to this, know that to execute against the plan, we have to change the plan to an afternoon plan, which avoids your personal failure point. It may be a more complicated plan now, but it's still more likely to work for you. The kind of inner coach that coaches by leading thinks like that. They get you going with the right plan. Meanwhile, your inner cheerleader keeps you going when the going gets tough. One way to do that is by celebrating successes. Not just closed sales, but all the little wins along the way to a sale. What daily metric or daily action or continuing streak can you commit to every day and every week that is worth tracking and celebrating? Create your own sales contest and celebrate when you win. The coach and cheerleader together should inspire you to read books, view videos, and listen to podcasts, which help you address your weaknesses as well as your strengths. There's always more to know about the things we think we already know, and the room for improvement in our weaknesses is so great that a little time focused on our weaknesses pays off quickly, making you a more valuable professional, which is the ultimate goal of every great coach. Okay, so one last time, please answer. What is your inner coach doing to help you improve? It's easier to answer if you ask yourself these five questions, which I recommend finding a quiet place to contemplate. One, what is my plan over the next 18 months to make more sales easier? By the way, in my view, sales plans are more realistic when they are written and take into account that work done in 12 months impacts the seller for 18 months. 
Question two, what is my biggest strength? Question three, what is my biggest weakness? Question four, how can I change my day in order to spend more time using my biggest strength and less time relying on my biggest weakness? Question five, where is the plan? The plan, if it existed, would play to your unique strengths. It would be broken into pieces that could be tracked to ensure it's executed correctly. Your inner coach needs to do that part before an outside coach will be able to help you in any way other than walking around your desk to help you do what you're doing now. But the inner coach who leads with an exciting plan can inspire you to get up at 4 a.m. to make it happen. So let's summarize. Have more than a plan. The more you focus on being your own coach with an exciting plan, the more your daily actions will be inspired by a larger plan. Focus on the execution, not just the goal. The cheerleader in you is there to find little wins along the way that can be celebrated and keep you going. Here are four actions you can take this week to properly develop your inner coach. Start by scheduling a management meeting with yourself. In that meeting, I want you to do four things. A, commit to an ongoing weekly schedule of management meetings so you can work on your business, as entrepreneurs say, rather than in your business, which is what you're doing most workdays. Coaching requires attention. This meeting will put the right amount of attention to help you improve more than you would without this meeting. B. In the first meeting, identify your biggest strengths and weaknesses and commit to finding more ways to leverage your strengths. C. Find a metric you can commit to that you can celebrate at the end of each workday. D. Continue your self-development streak by scheduling time to listen to this podcast coaching session next week. Next week, we're going to have a great session, and mentally, I'm going to ask you to go back in time to when you were a kid. When we were kids and played Let's Pretend, we were great at endlessly inventing solutions to the problems we invented. Where are those skills now, now that we're in sales, now that we need them the most? Well, we'll reconnect with those skills next week in a coaching session I'm calling Let's Play Pretend. Until next time we speak, remember, I'm Steve Bookbinder, your sales coach. Thanks for sharing your break with me. Please check out our training specials for individuals and teams on our website, dmtraining.net. Also, please connect with me on LinkedIn, email me or email me at steve at dmtraining.net if I can help you and your team make more sales. Thank you for listening to Food for Thought. To get your free sales playbook, visit dmtraining.net forward slash podcast. And be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of Steve's jokes and helpful resources. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.